And holy, just like that, man, I ask you, DJ Academics. Welcome to another episode of Walk the Record Podcast. This is a solo episode, man. I'm just about to head to the airport. This is my airport attire. I'm about to head to the airport. I'm going down back to Florida. It's the second time in a week, and I'm promised a big interview. So um, can't really tell you who it is, but that is to come. Regardless, we do got a few things to talk about. You know, this week was kind of uneventful. A few things happened, but nothing that was too major. But since the last time we pretty much chopped it up, which is after the whole Will Smith fiasco, which if you guys follow the other content I do, you know, that whole thing took another life of its own. But regardless, uh, the Grammys went down. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you, even before I get to that. And let me actually let me let me spin the block real quick. Uh, if you guys haven't known, we are at war. OK, DJ Academics is at war with many different entities, many different people. My enemies are 100% out to get me, and this is why I need the people to support me, okay? I'm undergoing a lot of attacks from, you know, whether it's mainstream media, whether it's labels who particularly have interest in artists that they don't like me talking about. It's it's a lot. Now, I, I can tell you how that manifests itself, because before I got to this point, I used to look at other people going through this, and I'm like... No, they fucked up for that to be happening. I'll tell you what that is. That is censorship, people. Um, I was really reluctant to use that word. I thought it was a bunch of series or a series of unfortunate events when certain things would happen. And now I'm starting to see it in a very roundabout way. I'm seeing direct signs. Also, there's a lot of stuff, including legal things. Nothing that I'm like, you know. Um, you know, I'm not a liar, so they, they, they can't get at me for that. But I see people trying to nitpick because they don't agree with the message. You know, it's a very popular tactic. And I, I, I'll give you an example. Like, for example, on Instagram, I'm shadow banned. My main page is shadow banned. Every hip hop page posts all type of lewd content. Again, I'm not saying that we haven't done some of that in the past, but we're pretty much no different than everybody else. However, we have been shadow banned for the last nine months, okay? Yet, people still f find a way how to come to me and get the information because one thing people do rely on me for, and I, I, I realized I was at a fork in the road like right after Everyday Struggle where the only thing that really holds me true, regardless if I have a platform empowering me or not, is that the people know that if you come to act, you're going to get it raw, unfiltered, you're going to get the truth. You're going to get the behind-the-scenes shit which a lot of people want. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't want to be puppets. A lot of people don't want to just be told what the, the, the accepted thing is. They want things to be challenged. They want to know what really went on behind the scenes. And fortunately for the people who follow me, regardless of what platform, you will get that. Now, that's ruffled a lot of feathers. And um, you, it, it, it manifests this way uh, itself in different ways. And that's why I said, like, you know, for example, if, a, if I speak out about a label, or I speak out about an artist that a label has a lot of money invested in. Now, back in the day, what they would do is like, oh, well, you've posted something about the artist in, in the past. We own the content copyright, you know, but I have pretty much relations with the bigger and larger umbrella of those companies. So, you know, they rely on me for promo a lot of times. I've been very open and honest with that. So they can't attack me with that anymore, but they'll do little really subtle things. Now, again, you might think I'm a little cynical, but after you've watched this for about two to three years, you get to realize 
that you are being attacked and being attacked is they're trying to quiet your voice. Okay. So for example, you know, even, I mean, on an Instagram side, if they can't get you off the platform, right, because you haven't broken any rules, anything else that came about legally, you handled, you've defended yourself, you've won, you've succeeded. They can't get you off the platform, right? They shadow ban you. Now, people saw recently, uh, this week, my Instagram went down. Can't really speak too much about why it went down, how I got it back up. But trust me, I made a lot of sacrifices, a lot of negotiating, and a lot of finagling behind the scenes to make sure I was still a platform on Instagram. There's a war going on outside. And labels are realizing, just like mainstream audiences are realizing, that independent outlets have too much power. They have deemed me as one of those people that have too much power. And it's not the problem with the power per se. It's the problem with not being able to control it. So, um, again, it was down for about five days, my Instagram. Um, you know, fortunately, I have contacts at all the major companies. And I've heard this before because I've heard people say, well, you always brag about you own your shit. You know, uh, there's a guy from, from Hot 97. His name is Rosenberg. And he... Him and Ebro would always try to challenge me on that. Let's say, yo, well, if you're just this big boss that owns your shit and it's about ownership, ownership like you do preach, which I do preach. What about if Twitter, Twitter went away or Instagram went away or YouTube went away or Twitch went away? What would happen to you? Very good question. And this is where, you know, I've realized um, those people are idiots. And let me explain why. Because... When I do say that, granted, I'm not broadcasting from an app or my own individual website. I'm using the Facebook or Meta platform. I'm using the Twitter platform. I'm using the YouTube, Google platform. I'm using uh, um, TikTok. I'm using these other platforms not owned by me. Here's where they're wrong, though, and this is where they're idiots. And salute to, uh, you know, I got to give my other media counterparts the... The, the, I got to give them a big up because we're all in the same space together. If you're an independent creator, listen to me right now. I give you the biggest reason why you don't want to work for a company like Hot 97 or Power 105 or anything that just owns everything you do. You don't control it. Owning the IP is the most important thing you could do. So when people say, well, what happens if Twitch goes away? Well, I could get the same amount of views and YouTube would actually probably hit me with a check for the exclusive rights to my con content when you own your shit spotify pulls up on you and says yo we just want you to give this type of content to us exclusively here's the bag we love spotify this is the, the home of dj academics podcast called off the record you know how many offers i've gotten in the last year yo you should leave twitch come stream over here come do it once a week here's a here's an amazing bag you still own the content. It's called licensing. All these people who work for the bigger company, you're not licensing your talents. And there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. But this is the reason why you can't shit on other independent creators or entrepreneurs who use and partner with these platforms to get ahead. Get me? That might be an interesting like, segue since I was just talking about censorship. But um, 
it does make sense. I'll tell you why it makes sense. Because uh, as Instagram has kind of, you know, shadow banned me, they took my account down. The people within the ecosystem that check for academics, they go elsewhere. All right, cool. Well, if we're not going to see his posts on Instagram, we finna go over to his Twitter. We finna go over to his YouTube. We're going to go to him on Twitch. And it's the point I'm trying to make for the larger conglomerates out there because they're fighting that war to cancel people who are independent creators who have large platforms and large audiences. Joe Rogan, myself, Alex Jones. Now, I'm not going to vouch for anybody else if they're telling the truth or if like they're a good person, but I'm only talking about these big conglomerates competing against one particular person or one particular voice. The problem that they, that, well, not the problem, the thing they'll never get and I remember going into my, one of my first days at Complex. I remember there was a guy, he ran the video team. He said, yo, Ack. It's like, how do you do it? Why do people love when you report a story on YouTube so much? You report it after we do. Sometimes. Not often. But sometimes. <laughs> but still, 300,000 people go listen to you. We only get about 25,000 to 30,000. Why is that? And this is where all these companies fail. This is why Joe Rogan is the biggest broadcaster in the world. This is why these academics could talk that shit because I'm big act. This is why you have entire organizations with dozens of people who have to quote, who have to cite, and we're going to get into the whole Meg thing in a, in a second. They got to talk about me. Corporations, what I've realized, they lack soul. They lack a personality. They lack a voice. They lack any type of thing that would make an audience fuck with them. I, I noticed this instantly. After I talked to the guy and I said, listen, what? He said, yo, we've had five people watching your channel for months, studying you, trying to figure out why you succeed. By the way, he got fired two days later. Because, yo, they cleaned house with me and Joe walked up in complex. I ain't gonna lie. He got fired. No disrespect to that guy if he listens. No, nope. <laughs> I ain't doing it to you. Complex did. Regardless, here's the funny part. He had like five people studying me. And when I went into that building, it took me about 40 minutes to realize what they were doing wrong. They had all these people who they said were talented. Yo, look at this chick. She's talented. She knows everything about hip-hop. Look at this guy. He knows everything about hip-hop. But when it came to reporting the news, they all read from a teleprompter written by somebody else who sits in a cubicle who knows how to make perfect sentences. They were good at writing papers in college, not good at communicating. And even if they were good at communicating, they were giving the script to somebody else to read it. Ask backwards where you get to realize you don't need too much shit to have success. That's why podcasts are so popping. All of these people think you need 70 people on a crew to make a show. No, you don't. Look at this podcast right now. On this particular episode, I'm in a... I'm in my bar area. Yeah, I see the bar back there. Okay. Uh, I've been drinking a lot. You can tell. It gets smaller and smaller. I got to re-up. 
I got a whole different section over there. I got cameras set up by myself. <laughs> you know, my years on YouTube, I happen to know a few things about cameras. I got a control center right here. It routes to something else over there. So just think about all of that. I've always been fascinated that one of the best podcasts that I enjoy is is Monday morning. Uh, um, what's it called? It's, it's it's the Monday morning podcast with Bill Burr. Does it by himself? I don't even know where he records. I've never seen a video to it. Just talking. There's a myth that you need a million people. What I've realized, and this is why I took control with this podcast. Especially when it came to Spotify, because I don't want too many yo too many cooks in the kitchen fucks up the meal. I don't like it. Give me one, two, three people who could think, think on their feet, improvise, resourceful. The technicality shit, I'll teach you. Yo, it's twenty twenty two. You don't need a fucking DP. You don't need and, and pause. <laughs> Let me explain what a DP is. <laughs> Is a director of production. <laughs> Boss. But you don't need that. You set up the cameras and go. I switch cameras when I want. I'm chilling. Look at me. Chilling. Hope that I didn't give you like some type of seizure. But that's the point. Content these days is easy to create. It's about the person. I was texting my good friend Andrew Schultz. And 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 it's gonna further hammer down my point that not because it's big production means the content is good. By the way, number one, on my side, a lot of people usually say the best content I do is on stream. Junk as shit, blurry webcam, shit costs 30 bucks. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm half on mute half the time, but I'm just having a good time. I'm speaking from the heart, I'm speaking the truth. Speaking my truth, the truth, not holding back. Doesn't feel like I'm contrived. These days, people want realness. Say whatever you want you want to say about Trump, but I ain't going to lie. That's one of the reasons it captivated some people. You know, all these politicians seem like they're on a script. Seems like they're puppets. Oh, this guy, he's a wild card. Is he a little bigoted? Maybe, but at least he tells us. <laughs> He goes off script. People like going off script. And I fought for this podcast to not be shot. No disrespect to Spotify. I love Spotify. Could have been shot at one of those swanky Spotify, you know, podcast studios. Being produced by one of their many talented acquisitions because they acquired a lot of like podcast companies. But it would have lost the essence of act. When I went to Everyday Struggle for years, I struggled to find the authentic act. You know what that meant? I didn't want to feel like I was going to speak in front of the White House or I'm going to court. I wanted to be just as relaxed as when I went in my basement to do my fucking Stream. I wanted to feel relaxed. Like the content that people love from me so much, I could do and be the same person. Obviously, certain things you wouldn't say. So you got to rein certain things in. 
But I knew if I could be a just a tiny bit more polished version of that person, but not change myself, be able to talk how I want to talk, be able to say what I want to say, <clears throat> be able to fuck up, make mistakes, be dumb, do all these things. You know what I knew would happen? I said, that's going to work. But it was hard to. Go to Complex. I can even go to a show that I created um, on the sticks. You had lines. Oh, well, you got to, especially, well, and, and granted, some of these things I could control. But it's so much big production going on. There's so many sponsors. It feels so big. Like, hey, well, we have to send over this script. It wasn't unscripted. Got to send over the script. Well, not everyday struggle, but like, you know, on the sticks or, you know, um, I did a Snapchat show over there. Um, did another show, I believe. It was like, well, we have to mention these three things and it got to be said like this. You get to realize you just sound like you're reading. That shit don't sound real. I never like that. Now, there is place for scripted content. But things that rely on your personality and rely on your takes your honest opinion a script usually doesn't work too good so you know i'm just, again i said all that to say i'm fortunate to be in this position that i could do it here in my um bar area of my home right before i'm about to go get on a flight and go to florida and do some more shit maybe an airbnb and then go do an interview with whoever we're gonna do it with now uh, all right so i'm back on the gram i'm cooling but I did miss out on really watching the Grammys live. I don't know what it is anymore. Before the Will Smith slap, I didn't watch the Oscars in years. I mean, it's the most talked about event in terms of the slap on social media. But I wonder how many people who are talking about it now actually watched it live. The same could be said for the Grammys. Now, I'm going to pull this up to see who actually won. I don't have any type of, you know, commentary on the performances. I'm not watching the Grammys performance. I'm just so sorry, bro. I'm not doing that. But I do care a slight bit about the winners. I'm going to tell you why I care about the winners. Care about the winners. Well, I care about it and I don't care about it. Care about it because, you know, everybody kind of brags is still with, you know, Grammy nominated, Grammy winning, right? Reason why I don't care about it, kind of, the top two acts or well, top two or three, they have decided to not submit their music for the Grammys no longer. Drake does not want to be a part of the process. He did not submit his album, Certified Lover Boy. The Weeknd does not want to be a part of the process. He did not submit any of his projects. I believe the last, well, the last one he didn't submit, and he doesn't plan to submit afterwards. It's like, imagine like voting for the MVP, but you can't pick the top three guys. And by the way, Jay-Z has had that stance as well. Jay-Z don't fuck with him either. So I look at the Grammys, at least when I'm looking at the top awards as we're looking at maybe the person who should be nominated but may not win because the real guys who should win don't submit their works anymore. Regardless, let's go through a couple of categories because we did have some hip-hop winners and we did have Meg Thee Stallion. Let me get this on the screen. I said, man, 
producing this bitch by my goddamn self. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this right here? Right here. Got it. Okay, cool. Here we go. All right. Best new artist winner was Meg The Stallion. She won over Ingrid Andrus, Phoebe Bridgers, Noah Cyrus. And by the way, let me just tell you how much I'm like stuck in hip hop. I have no fucking idea who Ingrid Andrus is or Phoebe Bridgers. No disrespect to them. But again, I'm so hip hop centric. And somebody, please don't tell me that these people are hip hop. Like, because if they are, I don't listen to their music. Regardless, uh, I only know Noah Cyrus for being Miley Cyrus' sister and also dating Lil Xan and then coming out and admitting that. Her dating Lil Xan was all a label ploy. Chica. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard too much of Chica's music, but Chica, um, I think I'm saying her name right. She recently had some mental health issues. Uh, so I'm going to say my, send my prayers for that. But also, she was on one of the IXXL uh, freshmen's list. D Smoke. Don't really listen to him as much. And Doja Cat. And Kate Trinado. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, and, and this is given his like you know real opinions right I think it should be between Doja and Megan I would have went Doja right Meg winning not mad at it not gonna call the sympathy award I'm not I'm not relaxed I'm not gonna call the sympathy award but I believe Doja Cat has had I feel like she's performing at an MVP level so that's why I think that you know she could have won as well but you know I'm not gonna knock Meg's uh, a win Let's keep going down. What is this? Oh, some pop shit. Let's keep going down. Let's keep going down. Let's keep going down. Where we at with it? Uh, you know what's so funny? Hip-hop cares so much about the Grammys. There's a few hip-hop or R&B categories. By the way, you know what's so interesting too? And maybe I'm just like out of touch with like kind of R&B a little bit. Dog, I haven't heard a new Beyonce song in years. Yet she won a, she won a Grammy for best R&B performance. Black Parade. It probably was on some type of soundtrack. I'm not too sure. Because uh, I don't think she dropped an album in the last year. Uh, yeah, I don't know these other songs anyway. So so I don't even want, really want to give no opinion. But congratulations to Beyonce. I'm trying to get to some shit that I could kind of know. You feel me? Let's get to rap. Okay. Wait, what the fuck? No, 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 no. Is this? Oh, no, this is 2021. Oh, I'm fucking stupid. No, okay. No, no, no. Let's go find it for 2022. That's what I was saying. I was like, Meg? Hold on. Let's figure this shit out. Okay, here we go. Shit, let's just get straight to it. Damn, my bad. I'm fucking stupid. Okay, bet. Best rap album. By the way, I do like the fact that um, if uh, I could be wrong, But I think Donda was was also nominated for some for gospel as well. I think you get to pick two categories for uh, that you want to submit your album to. I don't know the official rules. I should go back and read it. But best rap album, Tyler the Creator one. He actually beat out King Disease two. And wait, Certified Lover Boy was actually in the mix. I thought Drake said he wasn't submitting his music no more. Wait, am I tripping on this? Drake submit music Grammys. Yes, look, Variety said it. Drake withdraws his nomination. Look, from the Grammys. So how the hell did they have it up there? 
Sources say that the decision was made by Drake, blah, 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 rather than giving a nomination to the, okay, yeah, anyway, okay, regardless, um, Tyler, the creator won, salute to Tyler, the creator, um, his music is as good in an experimental level as it is in a fundamental level good. So, you know, I always give him credit. I think, you know, you know, I kind of go back to when I was at a college radio, like while I was in college and I was playing, I had these songs that I could play and, and, and sometimes people would be like, yo, play, uh, yo, play like Tyler, the creator. And at that time he had just some really lewd and foul songs that just were cursed all over the shit. And I had to play the clean version on, uh, on the college campus. Clearly it was playing over FM station. And when I played these songs, with it edited, bro, you can hear shit. Like, he literally was just cursing the whole time. And I'm going to be honest with you. I knew he could rap, but I felt like he was so immature that he would probably just be someone who was super canceled as we, like, you know, moved on years later. Or just someone who just kind of, like, fell off the map. I didn't see him being this innovative, this creative, or just, like, actually... Changing the whole shape of like how you know uh, um, people consume bodies of work, and I think he's done that brilliantly with his last couple. So you know, salute to him. I believe Nas won last year, so salute to Nas as well. He got nominated again. Uh, J Cole offseason. I thought that was a solid project, and Kanye West Donna. I'm gonna be honest with you, Kanye West Donna has grown on me a lot. Best rap song: DMX, Jay Z, and Nas. Bath salts. By the way. Interestingly enough, I'm name dropped on this song. Salute to Nas. Nas name drops me on the song. It got nominated for a Grammy. I don't know if I, I deserve like a Grammy too or a Grammy nomination. But uh, Nas uh, name dropped me. Sweetie and Doja Cat, best friends. Kanye West and Jay-Z, Jail. That was a winner. And Family Ties with Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. And J. Cole, 21 Savage and Marie, My Life. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Kanye and J.J.L. Even though I'm not going to lie, man, Family Ties is a beast, man. Baby Keem could have won that. I'm not going to lie. But they made it up with the best rap performance. Uh, he won the Grammy for best rap performance against Cardi B. Up, By the way, you know, I spoke to Cardi B recently. Why the fuck Cardi B only dropping like two songs a year? She's doing a, she's doing a remix to like uh, K-Flock. B Love and a, no, well, K Flock, Dougie B, and a few other dudes in a in, in a Bronx drill movement. They had a song called like Shake That or Shake It. But Cardi B drops like maybe two to three songs. She does a, a decent amount of features. I still can't understand why she doesn't drop more. I know she's you know in her family mode where she's having kids at some third. But listen, Cardi, don't make all this clout go to waste. Drop some more music. Your debut album was like a couple years ago. At this point, we're looking at you. It can be stage fright. You know there's going to be some expectations. You seem to be more comfortable recording, crafting your, your work. Um, she did tell me an update about that, but I don't know if that should be public. But I just have to give my public opinion to say, Cardi, come on. Drop some more music, clearly. Um, what type of fucking category was this? Drake, Future, and Young Thug, way too sexy. Holy. That song was so garbage. 
those, that's one of those songs where, like, you know, when it comes out, you're like, yo, I hate it, but later on you like it, and I thought it was going to be that. Man, I hate that song still, man. That's a trash song. And Meg the Stallion thought shit. Okay, so I got it wrong before, and I'm not going to edit shit out. So, like, you know, if you're watching this podcast, I, I edit it, okay? So Meg's, uh, Meg didn't win, at least yet, as we're reading it down. And by the way, if she did win, like, Best New Artist, if she was qualified to win it this year, I wouldn't be mad. Because, shit, I don't look at her like a new artist. You know what I mean? Um, best melodic rap performance, Hurricane with Weekend and Little Baby. I don't even remember how that goes, but it's probably fire. Anything, yo, Kanye West album is really fucking grown, man. It's grown on me. And this is where I'm going to be honest with you, man. Yo, I love Drake. Everybody knows this, right? But, like, Drake, while being so good as a rapper, he could still learn a little bit from Kanye West about being an artist. Man, Kanye West shut down that whole debate about him and Drake. And, and, and the debate was about which album you like more. Oh, Drake out. So people don't even talk about Drake doing those wild sales compared to Kanye. Kanye did something that was so special. And he keeps doing it because he does it with every product he pushes out. Sneakers. He does it with clothing. He does it with music. He does it with everything. Shit, he even does it with his relationships and his family life. He makes an event out of everything. And like, it's it's interesting. And I don't know if it's sad for me to say. There's more moments that's connected to Donda that I remember than CLB. CLB, I love a lot of tracks on it. It's hitting. But one thing about music is music does mark time. Music 100% marks time. And when something, a music video, a concert, a show experience, a rollout, just connects to people that people could be like, yo, where were you when this happened? It lasts longer. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kanye did that. It gave more context, more depth to all the music he dropped. Sometimes I feel like Drake does a little bit too more, too much minimalism. Like, I get it. We're going to check for your music. You make great songs. They go hard in the club. But it's the reason why niggas start saying this about Kanye. Like, yo, damn, the way he rolls out the music seems bigger than life on some Michael Jackson shit. That's artistry. I think Drake could take a little bit of that. And I don't know if he will. Um, let's keep going now. Album of the year. The fuck is John Baptiste? I don't know who that is. I don't know if be honest with you. Okay, that's probably not hip hop. Um, Seek Son Silk Sonic, leave the door open. First time I heard that song was in Fortnite. Kid you not, I still play that game too. They won again for record of the year. Congratulations to them. I felt like that Silk Sonic group um, was, isn't it like, isn't it like Anderson Pac and, and, and like Bruno Mars or something like that? I think the fusion of those artists to make Silk Sonic was the greatest rebrand to get on a mainstream level and to seem new and innovative. I really just think that's a rebrand. 
You know what I mean? I don't think like it's a. For example, the Migos. If you hear a Takeoff album, Offset album, or a Quavo album, it's not the Migos. It's very clear. It doesn't sound like a collab. Even if they have each other feature, like the Migos is like the Migos. It feels like one entity. You know what I mean? Um, with this, it, it felt like, you know, two eclectic artists that are kind of do alternative stuff that, you know, um, people have kind of like ignored a little bit. They came together with this new funky type of like, you know, Silk Sonic rolled out really dope songs. Not going to lie. Fucking worked. You know what I mean? They're winning all type of Grammys. Best new artist who won to hear her? Olivia Rodrigo. I have no idea how this person looks, but they deserve it. Oh, Sweetie got nominated. Look at Sweetie. There you go. Um, best R&B album, Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, last song Jasmine Sullivan I heard was I Bust Your Windows Out My Car. Let me see, best R&B song, best R&B performance, blah, blah. Jesus Christ, can we get to the rap shit? Oh, there's no more rap shit. All right. Again, congratulations to whoever did win. Baby Keem, Tyler, Kanye, Jay-Z. But I'm off the Grammys. You know, the, 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 the Grammys to me is just... Until, until the weekend and Drake, like, actually participated and really... Those artists aren't participating because they think that the Grammys are not awarding the right people. So it is what it is, right? Um, yeah, I did want to talk about a few other things because I do got to catch this fucking plane. What time is it? Okay, first of all, uh, YNW Melly. Uh, YNW Melly, the jury selection was supposed to start this week. I'm not too sure if it did start. Apparently, there was the last couple, there was the last few... Last minute things I was flying in court that kind of would essentially slow up the process. So I'm not sure if it started. So I'll double check on that. But what did happen is that, you know, somebody named Jay Green was going back and forth with somebody who I know very well called 100K Track. If you don't know who 100K Track is, 100K Track is the individual that um, uh, uh, they used to work with King Von and YNW Melly. Okay, he's their manager. Okay, he also owns 100K. Which, by the way, allegedly, YNW Melly signed to. They went back and forth at it. The Jay Green guy was saying, yo, you're not doing any favors for Melly by doing interviews. By the way, we can speak very openly on what interviews they did. 100K Track did an interview with me, also did an interview with Adam. And, you know, he spoke mostly because, if you don't know, he's a rapper now. Spoke mostly about, like, his stuff and, like, you know, Gave old stories of working with these artists or finding them or whatever the case is. But when asked about the case, you know, he did, you know, speak on it. And if you ask me, I don't think he said anything wrong. You know, I think he was just kind of like trying to either deflect or defend. But regardless, there's a street code that people seem to, you know, always be trying to like enforce. It's like, yo, don't speak on open cases. Now, again, this is where I feel bad for a 100K track. Feel bad for him because he's in a position where people have always like thrown dirt at his name. And this is why managers have such a tough, tough job, right? First and foremost, there was some stuff that came out in court that was like, oh, yo, he turned over evidence against Melly. There was subpoenas and all type of other stuff that came out that basically he had to go to the police, right? The police basically dragged him in there. 
Now, people started attacking him. To clear his name, he got to speak about something revolving the case. Also, the same thing with even um, uh, his time with uh, King Von. He was shot when at, at the moment when King Von got killed. So he got shot in the leg. And people often wonder, why did that situation happen? Remember, Asian Dog came. I was like, yo, yo, Von just told me to tell you, go grab the, the, the chains off these dudes next. He had to come out and defend it like, whoa, this ain't what really went on. Let me explain it. So, again, I think he's in a very tough place. And oftentimes, I always say this, especially about a case like Melly's case that's going on for such a long time. If you let the Internet write the narrative, you're going to be guilty or you're or, or they're going to blame people before they get to the truth. For example, I give you another uh, I give you another scenario when six nine went to jail before before he started snitching. Right when he starts snitching, like everybody's blaming him. Right, I'm like Yo, you're the worst, you're a snitch, whatever. But before then, you know what people were saying to me? Yo, act, you got him in that situation. Yo, you the one who got him locked up. Now again, six nine situation got kind of solved reasonably quick within like a year and a half. Let's talk about Melly, who's been locked up for four years. If you let the internet and everybody else like try to tell the narrative this and third, they're gonna blame everybody around Melly. They're going to blame other people for not doing this or doing that. Those people got to use their voice at some point. Now, from what everything I've heard and seen from 100K track, he ain't say nothing that would be incriminating Melly. Nothing that would hint that Melly is guilty. If anything, he's saying what we've seen Melly's lawyers already say. Well, how do we know all this? He's just questioning everything. Well, how do you know all the DNA is, 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 is accurate? How do you know all this stuff is going on? Which I think that is the whole thing with, um, that is the whole thing. Why is this going to walk in like that? I got a whole, I got a whole like, corner over here. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Having intruders, man. Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, not to leave. I'm just saying, like, like, I'm over here talking about some spooky shit. I don't, don't, don't speak while I'm recording. Jeez. Yo, can I get a podcast going on? Okay, anyway, back to the story. I understand why 100K Track is also trying to, you know, he has to maneuver the way he has to. Also, here's the thing. When you have an incarcerated artist like YNW Melly, I forgot where he's from, but everything, like, he was he was about to be a superstar. Everything stops because he's locked up. What I think they've done a really good job at doing is using the clout that he's got and the attention he's got to try to redirect it to position and put on other people that hopefully could help out the situation to either get more money in or get somebody else to pop off that could hold it down. And what I've seen is that, you know, his brother, Melly's brother, YNW uh, um, B Slime, he's now an artist. They've been trying to like promote him, and they're all using Melly's page, they're all using like Melly's hype and clout, which I gotta be honest, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it went left a little bit because, and this is why the story gets so convoluted. So the first thing was, yo, why are you, why are you speaking on the case? He basically said, yo, I haven't said nothing bad about the case. Then the guy says, well, also, you know, um, you haven't paid 
or you haven't really get, given money to YNW Melly's mom and y, or YN, yeah Melly's mom and also Melly's brother, and that's where things went left, you know. So you know, I'm watching this whole thing happen. I have a bad feeling about this whole thing. I feel like they're self-destructing. They're self-destructing before the mo the most important time of Melly's life. They're about to go to trial. And Melly, by the way, called from jail and was like, yo, if anybody says my mom ain't getting money or my brother ain't getting money because of track, they're lying. Also, my mom be a little bit delusional and she's a liar. And my brother probably feels a little entitled to shit. This is a fuckery mess. You have an artist who is basically going at his mama or speaking up against her. You have the manager who's trying to do right, but then people are wondering if he's playing funny with the money. He's about to go on trial for capital murder, which they're pushing for the death penalty. There's all type of things. like There's there's so many things that's floating around. The good thing with Melly, I'll say this, because I know people always ask me, what's, what's going on with Melly? Almost all the witnesses... Have disappeared. <laughs> Any witness they had, the cops can't find. Also, the cops or, or the DA has tried to bring his record label in court because they're thinking they're trying to get like some alibi. Their alibi, right? All right, because you know that you need a well, not alibi. I'm sorry. Cops, they're looking for a motive to say why would Melly kill his two friends. They're saying this, yo, Melly actually owed um owed some nigga two hundred thousand dollars, and apparently it was one of the guys who got killed, and basically it was a two hundred thousand dollar payment that came down from like the deal for YNW Melly. However, that they never got the money, but the check was cut, so they were trying to bring the label to to, to confirm did y'all pay. This amount of money that Melly was supposed to give these guys because that could be the motive. And the label says, we don't want no parts of your fucking murder case. Now, they got to do that. I got to be honest. Not only don't you want the feds or not, not the feds, but you don't want the government all up in your shit as a record company that's pushing gangster music. You also don't want to send a message to your artists that if they get caught up in some shit, the government could come to them and say, Hey, could you tell us how much money you've given this guy? Because now we're going to use that evidence to say you pretty much financed this guy doing crime. So again, it's kind of, it's very interesting. Regardless, none of the, none of the witnesses could be found. Ex-girlfriends, nobody could find them. Cameraman, we don't know what he's doing. Record label, don't want to come in court. Apparently he DM'd a couple people after the like a couple hours after the murder happened. They can't be found. So all of those things have been like, you know, go in his favor. And the police have been claiming that he's paying people to like, you know, um, he's paying people to not show up. Like for uh, example, one of his ex-girlfriends, they're like, yo, he sent five thousand dollars to, and that's why, like, you know, she's like cooperating. And Melly's lawyer came back and was like, yo, what are y'all talking about? Like, 
Melly, Melly's a trick. <laughs> like, Melly pays for any girl he's been fucking with. And it was like, yo, if you think that five grand was a lot, look at what he gives his current girl. Again, anything to be this case, man. But I don't know if that's going to matter because I think a lot of the, the evidence that is had against Melly is a lot of technological data. GPS, ballistics, they're matching spent shells found, they're trying to do DNA. And if that does a good job of painting a picture, all those things might still not allow Melly to get free. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to, um, I'm going to make sure I, I definitely keep on top of that. And to be honest, while I'm in Florida, I'm going to try to check up on the case. Regardless, the last thing I do want to talk about while I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and this is for a new segment I got called Burnt Out. This is the this is Burnt Out of the Week. But I, I don't know if I should really call it Burnt Out because I, I kind of agree with this type of shit. Well, not this type of shit. I don't agree with this type of shit, but I agree with keeping the same energy a little bit. Now, this is rapper out of uh, D.C., I believe. His name is Gunyu. Okay, now we got killed in a shootout two weeks ago. Now, for whatever reason, they planned a homegoing concert. And they had his, you know, body viewing or wake, whatever you want to call it, at a club, Club Bliss. Very popular club in D.C. And they had his body in the venue. He was standing up. They had him with clothes on. He had a crowd on his head. And it was a corpse. Everybody was partying around him. They were listening to his music, going crazy. They sold tickets. They pretty much allowed people to come and turn up to this guy's music with the guy standing right there, right? Um, here's the thing. People were outraged. People were outraged. People were like, yo, what's going on here? This is so distasteful, blah, blah, blah. Here's the ironic part about it. The news actually went and talked to his mom. You know what his mom said? Yo, that's exactly how he would have wanted to go out. We just did what he would have wanted us to do. And for that, I have to just be honest. I thought that was just beyond real. Okay? I was going to criticize this. I was going to dissect this and go in. And then I realized, I'm like, listen, at least there's finally a family accepting their son or their, their, their loved one for what they were really doing while alive. You know, remember when I was doing the podcast with Wack 100? It was like, yo, he was at somebody's funeral. And it was like, yo, they're talking about this guy like he's a saint. And it was like, yo, yo that's a little Pyro. Like, little Pyro, like, yo, he was a thug. Like, he had body. Like, yo, it was basically saying, yo, don't come up here and paint him as a saint. I like the fact that these parents was basically saying, this is the type of life he was living while he was alive. Now that he's dead, let's not, like, go... Everybody have teary eyes and this and third. This is a consequence. Also, this is how he wanted to go out. Let's give him and fulfill his wishes and call it a day. Now, granted, it might be a little bit inspired by also the money for the tickets that was sold. But still, I can't say I hate it. Now, the images on social media, I believe, are too much. I, I didn't want to see that shit. But, but it's like, again, I can't knock it because the family is cool with it. But it's so many times we see families of gangster rappers who rap about killing, talk about they've done this, done that. They're the biggest shooters. You know what I mean? They're the ooters, the shooters, the ooters, all of that stuff. Something happens. They go to jail. They're like, oh, my God, not my son. 
You ain't know your son was a killer? You ain't know your son was a drug dealer? You ain't know your son was a gangster? It's like they get all the benefits, but as soon as something happens, they're like, oh my God. So at least for this one particular family, I can say, is I like the fact that y'all are cool or y'all know what he was into while he was living. Y'all not interested in trying to change the narrative now that he's dead. Party on, motherfuckers, okay? Yo, I'm going to make sure I talk to y'all um, in a few days. I will be touching down in Florida. I can't wait. Got a couple podcasts lined up and, of course, a lot more stuff. Make sure you guys tune in to all my social medias at imacademics, at academics, a.k.a. D-E-M-I-K-S, on, so on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me a lot of places. Just Google me and also on YouTube. I will be here with a pretty groundbreaking interview. And by the way, I have some big news to break. I have an interview. I got it in the talk. I can't mention it. But I did this interview breaking some crazy news, but I got to wait until everybody's about to announce it. Then I get first dips, okay? You'll, you'll find out about that later, but it was done already. But we're going back to Florida. And holy, thank you for tuning in, man. Another episode of Off the Record Podcast. It's where academics about.